Hey everybody, it's your boy Buzz from Bulls on Tap and Socks on Tap, brought to you by ontapsportsnet.com. And I want to talk to you about something. These podcasts are now presented by Manscaped. If you're looking for the best manscaping products on the planet, go to manscaped.com and browse their awesome selection. The Lawnmower 3.0 brings you 7,000 RPMs of skin safe technology so you don't nick your balls or any other sensitive areas. Want to keep your boys fresh all day? No problem. Go and pick up the ball toner and deodorant so you're fresh all day long. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code ONTAP to get 20% off and free shipping and handling on all your manscaping needs. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Bulls on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I am joined by my dude Goose, aka Bull Scripted, and we are here two days away from the Bulls' return to preseason basketball against the Houston Rockets. Before we get into this episode, be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at on tap sportsnet at bulls on tap follow my dude goose at bull scripted and follow me at buzz on tap goose we are two days away two days away from chicago bulls basketball returning it's the first time since march <laughs> that it's coming back and man i can't I, honestly i couldn't be any more excited two days away man how are you feeling I'm, I'm pretty jacked and juiced, man. You know, the Bears suck right now. Baseball isn't going on. Uh, it's kind of odd that we're turning to the 22-win Bulls for uh, some Chicago sports excitement, but uh, that's that's where we're at. The Bulls might have the uh, most exciting team moving forward the way things are looking. So I'm excited. Uh, heading into preseason, it's looking like we might see a lot of Patrick Williams. Yeah, with our, uh, with our wing depth uh, once again seeming a bit abysmal already. Yeah, you know what? You know what's awesome about seeing a lot of Patrick Williams is that um, Billy Donovan mentioned that he was going to mess with the lineups a little bit here and there, and uh, within the preseason, he's, he wasn't like ready to commit to who's starting, who's not starting, who's doing this, who's doing that. You know, so that's pretty awesome, um, no doubt about it. And then, yeah, to to get to the part you just kind of alluded to, wing depth. Once again, here we are. Same year, or, or new year, different story. Denzel Valentine. Hurt again, he hurt a hammy. He will be missing Friday's game against Houston. Not expected Goose to return to practice until Saturday. It came out from KCJ about him not coming back, or uh, missing the first preseason game, and it came out from the Bulls' Twitter that he would not be back practicing until Saturday. So I don't really know how big of a loss that is. Obviously, Denzel Valentine spaces the floor. We both know that. He could shoot the ball a bit. Um, I would not say he is an integral piece in the machine to keep it moving. Um, you know, he's not that important of a cog. But at the same time, like, dude, th- this kid can't catch a break. I just don't think he has an NBA body. He's not athletic. He, he doesn't seem to be super strong. He raps terribly. I mean, it's just, I, I just think that he needs to figure it, figure it out, my man. He needs to figure it out because it's just not, it's not a, 
it's just not good with that. I mean, I'd, I'd rather see Hutch get more playing time than him, to, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only positive on the Valentine front is that it's a hamstring and it's not his foot or his ankle or the, you know, consistent problem he's had forever. The, the bad news would be, from what I've gathered, um, he pretty much showed up to those pre-camp workouts where everybody was coming in early, shot the ball pretty well, signed his qualifying offer, and he hasn't done a damn thing since. So, not really encouraging. Um, unfortunately, Garrett Temple is recovering from COVID as well. Have notes here saying that Otto Porter Jr. is healthy, but will be monitoring monitoring his workload. Um, you, make 30, <laughs> you make damn near $30 million a year. You're under 30 years old. I don't want to hear this managing my workload. You managed your workload at Bottled Blonde all year last year. And now we, we have other video of you surfaced at a Halloween party just sharing a bottle of champagne with a whole bunch of... Uh, I'm not even going to go there on the word I was going to use. But a whole bunch of ladies um, at, at, at a party. Man, don't, don't get me wrong, you're a millionaire. I, I would be lying to say if I didn't have the funds to afford the best care possible that I'd probably be a little less concerned as well. Um, but man, that was a bad look. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Just because, again, when it came to last year with his, his foot injury and something that we touched on on season one, oh my god, I gotta tell everybody, this is actually the first episode of season two of Bulls on Tap here tonight, uh, but on season one, go back into whatever episode it was when basketball was still going on and Goose having a conniption fit one episode because <laughs> there's an Instagram video of Otto Porter Jr., you know, doing the thriller dance and, and breaking it down, but he's got a bad foot. Obviously, basketball is not the most important thing. Your job should never be the most important thing in your life. But obviously, basketball to him is not very important considering how he kind of conducts himself now with this workload crap. And not only that, obviously not catching COVID or spreading the shit anywhere matters two shits to him anyway. So um, he is just a placeholder right now. He will definitely not be back with the Chicago Bulls in the 2021 uh, 2022 NBA season. I highly doubt he'll be back, but we could speculate on that on another day. A little bit of good news with Otto Porter Juniors. He got bodied in practice. Patrick yeah, I mean that, that that was a that was a positive. Uh, I, I'm not a professional referee or anything. I, I would call it an offensive foul pushing off with the forearm. But just the fact that 19 year old Patrick Williams bounced Otto from like mid post down the post. <laughs> And dropped in a nice floater in that clip was encouraging to see. Patrick looks comfortable with the ball on the wing, which with this lack of wing depth already entering preseason uh, could be beneficial for him. And hopefully he has the opportunity to prove that he fits at that position. So, uh, I mean, have you been watching closely some of the other film we're getting on him? Or well, what's your excitement level for Patrick Williams heading into preseason? What I think the best part about watching him is is the catch and shoot, and I kind of touched on that on the last episode. I mean, Goose, he there's no hesitation there, and and that's something that I find. I know it's practice, but I even went back and watched some FSU footage. I mean, there's no hesitation. He he can pull up, you know, catch and shoot. I love that. What I also like about him is I kind of gave him a little bit of shit for his dribbling, his ball handling when we first drafted him, watching some things. 
at Florida State, but after watching the the pickup games that he's been participating in with NBA players and watching this little bit of film we got on him, kid can handle the rock a little bit too. So we knew he was versatile defensively. I'm very curious to see how he performs offensively against NBA talent. I'm uh, I, I want to see his strength. I want to see his athleticism. I want to see his IQ. And I, I'm super stoked for Friday night, dude. I mean, this is where I wish we were together. I know it's just a preseason game, but again, we haven't had Bulls basketball since March. We should all be together for this. I am very excited to see what uh, Billy Donovan runs out there, and I am very excited to see what Patrick Williams can do on the court against, again, NBA talent. Well, I mean, and we're hearing stuff coming out of practice that there's a lot more movement in the offense, a lot more cutting, uh, and defensively we are falling back into drop coverage instead of blitzing in the pick and roll. So um, a little bit more conservative on the defensive end, and hopefully – a lot more movement and activity and not just standing around and, oh, is, is Zach going to pass me the ball or is he going to make a basket? Now, that, uh, that that's something about that you just mentioned about the pick and roll and, and setting screens and whatever. That is something that, that totally killed me last year was the switches. And I could not stand that if they brought – they got us every time on that last year. And Jim Boylan was supposed to be a defensive-minded kind of guy. When you get Lowry on a mark, you know, on a, on an island against somebody like Kyrie Irving, or you get him on an island against, you know, somebody like Kemba Walker, and you're just watching that happen, you're like, okay, yeah, no, that, that's just that's not the right defensive call, especially in today's NBA. So yeah, I was very I was very excited to see that he switched up the defensive scheme, and again, I'm just again, I don't know how the defensive talent necessarily is outside of Wendell Carter Jr. in the starting lineup, and Otto's no slouch, you know. But uh, I'm curious to see how that goes down. No, I mean, Wendell, at least from the clips in practice, on the offensive end looks improved. If we're not taking him away from the basket where he's best defensively um, in the blitz scheme that we were running last year, we should be a lot more solid at protecting the paint. Um, And then in terms, it's going to come down to uh, our wing presence out there. Obviously, we don't have Shaq or Dunn. We might not have Garrett Temple for a little bit. We got to see how he recovers and uh, how much is Otto Porter going to workload manage himself <laughs> here in a contract year to see what happens there. But uh, all that being said, that just leaves the door wide open for Patrick Williams to solidify his role on this team. Right, right. You know, uh, oh, and then a congratulations too to Shaq Harrison. He went and signed a deal in Utah today. Did you see that? I did not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that pop up on my Twitter. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I didn't make that up, but I'm going to fact check myself real quick because, you know, I could have been dreaming while I was at work because I was just miserable and whatnot. No, yeah, no, he did. He did. That's pretty cool. Good for him. Um, Good for him. We don't have to see him in the East. I'm trying to think who all they really have in terms of guard depth, if he's actually going to see the floor at all. But, no, yeah, good for Shaq Harrison. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, he's an athletic guy. Obviously, a little bit. Of, he had some explosiveness to him, and you know, decent defender. So I'm very happy for him. So moving into this game against the biggest question mark in the NBA right now, it's so Bulls, right? The storyline for a lot of fans is, uh, you know, obviously Bulls fans is watching this new head coach and watching the, you know, some of the new talent that we've added, and you know, basically not having an egghead as our coach is really where we're at. But of course, our first preseason games against Houston. 
and we don't know shit what's going on with Houston. From what I heard, Harden's not with the team. No, he is with the team. No, he's not with the team. They got John Wall and Boogie. Um, you know, obviously, I doubt the superstars see the court. I could be wrong. I mean, Wall's coming off injury. Boogie is coming off injury. James Harden, again, not with the team um, from what I've read. But th- that's our first preseason game, and I'm really interested to see what Billy Donovan uh, is going to do. Selfishly, I'd like to see a starting lineup of Kobe White, Zach Levine, Otto Porter Jr., Lowry, and Wendell to start this off. Um, just because I, I just want to see Kobe at the point guard position in this free-flowing offense. Now, a couple keys that I'm looking for, Goose, I want you to throw some out there too. Zach Levine, I'm going to be watching very closely. Obviously, I know it's preseason, but again, these guys have not been on the court in a long time. I do think they're, they're going to get some decent minutes. Not probably over 30, probably not even over 25. But something where you can at least gauge where they're at and what they're going to kind of do in the system. Um, I would really, really, really like to see Zach Levine move more off-ball and have opportunities created for him that way instead of being such a primary ball handler. So that's something, uh, a key that I'm looking for, something that I'm looking towards to in the preseason game. Um, I would agree with you on that point of emphasis. I would also like to see if Zach has improved as a decision-maker, though, when he does have the ball in his hands. Um, he's stated multiple times that that was his focus this offseason, was his playmaking ability. Um, hopefully we see some improvements on that end. And I think in a way just taking some of that responsibility away from him should result in a more positive overall average of his playmaking assist-to-turnover ratio and stuff like that. Uh, but no, I, 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 I'm, Zach is probably the player that I'm least concerned about just because he is always working and prepared and ready to go. Um, Wendell looks slimmed down, so maybe he's in the best shape that we've seen him in the last few years here. Uh, Lowry. Lowry is the one that I think is the biggest for me because if Patrick Williams proves that he's not a small forward, well, Lowry, uh, the number four pick in AK's only legitimate guy is coming for your spot how are you going to respond we're going to see you play aggressive we're going to see you be passive are you coming for it in a contract year you are are you tired of hearing everybody shitting on you because because i'm tired of it i think we got a lot more there so lowry is going to be my focus is he aggressive um has billy let him go back to his mid post game are we going to see mid-range lowry or are we just going to see standing in a corner waiting for somebody to throw him the ball? I don't think we're going to see that. I don't think we're going to see that because we didn't see that in his 19-9 season. We didn't. I mean, he took his sophomore slump in his junior year, his third year in the league. You know what I mean? And from what the players have said, and it, 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 it seems more upbeat, but again, we're on the outside looking in, but fans have to so realize. Upbeat. Well, right. It was upbeat last year. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> We were talking playoffs last year on Media Day. Yeah. We didn't commit to that this year. No, so. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. It was optimistic last year with Jim taking over because of the young talent that we had accumulated. And basically, maybe Billy's the new toy where all the players are in good spots, but I feel like there's more dog in them. Does that make sense? There's like There seems to be something more there within them. Like, look at what Wendell Carter Jr. said today. He's like, when, they, when he was asked about... You know, he, he shoots, what, like 12 for 81 on his career from three-point land, and he was like, well, what, you know, what do you have to say to the critics that say you can't shoot threes? Wendell responded with, go ahead and watch me this year. You'll see. You know, like, that's that's something I'm into. 
I didn't feel like any players were over overly cocky last year due to the Jim Boylan situation. I don't feel like any players were really excited to be there besides Ryan Archidiakono, who was just excited to be on an NBA team. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a dick move. Anyway, um, you know, he's got a great flow, though. Total credit to his hairdo. Guy looks fantastic. But I think that we see Lowry Markinen best utilized in the mid-post game, off the dribble, face-up situations. And then when he when the three is presented, he will take the three. And he'll hit near his career average. That's what I'm thinking we see with Lowry. He's not going to be a guy they... I mean, goddamn, dude. Boylan corvered him. He Kyle corvered him. Except didn't even uh, move him off the ball, though. He just put him somewhere. I, th- I think he did a combination of Kyle corvering him and Darko Milicek in him because he just took the love out of the game, out of it for Lowry, and that's what Lowry thrives on. So, I mean, I... Mean, I I really hope that Lowry bounces back, and at the very least, we're getting great trade value for him uh, before we have to face the possibility of losing him in restricted free agency to an offer that they just don't want to match. Right. Um, so no, but I'm. I guess well, we haven't mentioned him enough yet, or maybe not even once. Kobe. Um, I did the I beginning. See, yeah, you did in the beginning. Okay. I I want to <laughs> see if he can continue on that 10-game streak that we saw, and similar to Zach, his playmaking, his decision-making, is that something that's going to show to be good enough to where we can rely on it in a starter role all year? Or are we kind of just going to have a little Kobe starting project, and if it doesn't work out, he's going to be back on the bench? I Oh, God. See, I I don't know. I honestly don't know, and I hmm, I cannot see them realistically – Okay, benching Kobe White for Tomas Sadoransky. Okay, so you think if Kobe gets benched at any point of the season, it's because they've made a trade for a veteran that would justify yes. putting him on the bench? Yes, there's there's absolutely okay. no way he's going to lose. The, the kid was dynamic last year with scoring the ball, but unfortunately we did see some flashes of playmaking abilities. You know, we, we saw that. But Jim couldn't capitalize on that. Kobe bailed, you know, we didn't win the game, but when Kobe went off for those few games and was just absolutely in fuego and finally got some confidence behind him, dynamic score. But we saw when he was at UNC, too, that he could playmake. If a good coach got behind him and it was a scheme that worked for him, I think he can be a point guard still. I'm not ready to, right? There's so many blogs that are associated podcasts that are associated with the Chicago Bulls. I'm not putting them on blast. They can have their opinions, but I just think it's <laughs> with the little film that we have on them. And think about this, not just the film within the NBA goose, not just the film, but the coach that he had and the system that was run. How it, it's like saying it's like related to baseball and saying that Dylan cease isn't going to be a good pitcher because of he, he gave us 26 starts within the MLB. Dude, you can't say that. Yeah, it's too early. His season was cut short. A dick with ears coached him. And we didn't get to see him. He came in off the bench to be the primary scorer. It didn't dra- Garpax did not draft him seventh to just come off the bench and be a scorer. They want him to, I'm sure they wanted him to develop into a point guard like he played at North Carolina. Yes, he could light up the board at North Carolina, but he could also find his teammates. And I'm confident... 
within his work ethic and everything that I've read on him this offseason that he is really trying to be smarter with the ball. He's trying to find his teammates. He's trying to unleash the playmaking ability that he knows he has. That's what I, I want to see out of Kobe White. And I'm praying to God Billy Donovan can get that out of him. Because, listen, if Russell Westbrook's a great player, and I'm not I'm not trying to compare Kobe to Russell by any means necessary, but Russell's a ball-dominant guard that Billy Donovan helped make a triple-double machine in an offense where Russell was able to not only create for himself, but create for others. And I know a lot of that has to do with explosiveness of Russell Westbrook. But, I mean, if you clog the goddamn lane against Russell, he's going to have a hard time getting there. It's not like he's got the best midi or a three-point shot. Billy was able to make an offense that worked for him. So maybe he does the same for for Kobe White. And I think that's definitely possible. I think it's fair to say that we should see him at a lot of time this year at point guard. No, I mean, I think the biggest I'm thing... I'm sorry, that was that a they, rant. I apologize. Oh, no. Hey, Kobe White will do it to you. That's not a problem. Um, I think the thing that I agree with most of what you said has to do with the system, though. Because a lot of times last year, not even a lot of times, the, the offense was either Zach or Kobe just creating. Whether it was creating out of the attention that they were drawing or just having to create a shot for themselves in general. Uh, it's hard to expect high-level playmaking in a stagnant offense without the movement that we're supposedly supposed to see this year. So with improved movement, um, another year under his belt, and just the genuine opportunity of being a starter, playing with starting caliber players more often than not. Um, our bench last year wasn't pretty. There was times where he was on the floor with fucking Felicio. So hey, 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 calm, <laughs> calm down, guy. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Um, so no, but outside of you know the core players that we touched on, I'm curious to see at the end of preseason is Luke Cornett still on this roster? Is Felicio still on the roster? Um, did Bomley steal a spot? Have we done the right thing and called Joe Kim Noah and tried to find him a spot on this team? Um, yeah, throw that in there, huh? I did, man. Like, what What do we not need here? We have the coach that won two NCAA titles with him. We are the team that he deserves to retire on. And we have plenty of roster spots that could be opened up by lesser players. Just just bring them the fuck home. Like, why is this? This isn't rocket science. This should be, like, simple math. I'd love to bring him back. Um, I don't think he'd get any PT. But I'd love to I'd love to bring him back and have him be a vet guy, kind of like a, kind of like a Juan Howard was back in the day with the the Heat. Remember how he was, just kind of sat there. Did he still have Haslam? So he can be our Haslam, right? Yeah. And when we're getting our ass kicked, or we're hopefully kicking some ass, we can we can pull him off the bench and do some Scalabrini like chants and get all fucking excited. And uh, that that might be the highlight of this Bulls season at the end of the year. So. Um, you know, it's a, it's a funny thing that you also brought up about roster spots. So we have a couple two-way contracts on this team. One, Adam Makoka, and then uh, Dotson, correct? Yes. No Windy City Bulls this year. That's an oh, absolute geez. fucking tragedy. So that's no G League this year. Uh, right. I, well, I just saw no Windy City Bulls. Was it the whole G League, too? Is that is that not? I mean, I mean I'd imagine if the Windy City Bulls have... The Nuggets, two-way players, play for their team, too. So if the Windy City Bulls are playing, that's already two teams that don't have their two-way players yeah, playing organized basketball. Well, there's a bubble. There's a bubble. Okay. So the Westchester Knicks 
have opted in. Shocker. But the Heat and the Lakers are teams that are unlikely, or I'm sorry, that are likely to bypass the G League bubble. Um, and the Bulls did bypass the G League bubble. They will not be participating. So that's another thing that, you know, obviously. How I, does that affect their 45 days then? Because that, you're only see, allowed 40. I don't get it either, man. I don't, I don't, I don't get it either. I, are, I don't. Are they, are they going to adjust it to where it's like forty-five games, or like I'm, cut it down thirty games, or what the hell? I'm wondering if they. Again, I'm not trying to relate to baseball, but you know how service time got so fucked up this year, this past season with uh, with the MLB. I mean, this kind of core. It's not the same. It's not to an extreme like the MLB is, but this kind of correlates. It's kind of similar. I don't understand. I don't know how this is. Gonna, I don't know how this is going to work. But, I mean, that was another – and the only reason that popped into my head is just, you know, this is uh, – no outlines with this show, guys. It's just actually organic conversation. But I don't really know how this is going to work with there being no G League team for the Chicago Bulls. Like, how does that two-way contract work with, like, Makoka and Dotson now? I mean, are they just going to travel with the team? And then if they – are they there to be injury replacements? Like, are they going to be the inactives? I, I genuinely don't know because in a standard season, like I said, they're only allowed 45 days with an NBA team. Once the G League season is over, they have more days that they're allotted. But if they don't have any G League season, then they'd technically just be like extra roster pieces. So I I don't know. We'll, we'll have to look more into that so we can uh, have an answer for our listeners on the next show. Yeah, no doubt. Um, was, I mean, I'm sorry to just drop that like that. It's just something that I saw, and I was upset to see it, and I want I wanted to bring it up, but I completely fucking flaked on it. But And the reason I kind of do bring it up, too, is because, damn, dude, everybody's talking so highly of that Devin Dotson. I think we have two really good two-way players on this roster, and I would really like to see them in preseason, too. These can be our preseason keys on what we want to see with the four preseason games. I'm really excited to see Makoka because I like Makoka. And I have to shout this guy out even though he likes to attack every once in a while. But Seville Bulls fan has been all over Makoka since last year. And, hey, I was with him. I was with him over uh, Denzel because, you know, I'm not a Denzel guy. I do think Denzel can shoot and he just has that old man game that's funny to watch. It's like a funny where you laugh but you also cry because he's on your team. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a funny but I, i'm excited to see makoka and i'm excited to see dots in this preseason too just to see what they bring to the table you know um definitely a lot no, of things to look forward to I, i'm genuinely bummed i was actually gonna watch some g league games this year i mean i, I usually watch a couple but I, I planned on watching more than usual because of dots and in makoka um so no i mean hopefully we do get to see a little bit of them i do expect dots to take Archie spot probably as soon as next year. Oh, stop! Um, what do you mean? Oh, stop! <laughs> you know, you know, he's a lifer. He's not a lifer. Uh, Ar- Archie's going to be the Udonis Haslam of the but, Chicago they, Bulls, no, he's, except he's no, not good. No, 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 no. They're just they're going to swap Makoka and Archie's roster spots. Archie, Archie's going to go to a two way, and he's just he's going to be the the long tenured two way player that is just your practice player. Um, that's that's Ryan's future. Or maybe he goes and signs a contract with the Utah Jazz to be their 15th man. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's fucked up. But, but, but if Dotson can't take Archie's job, he's not nearly the steal that we think he is. That's all I'm going to say. 
Oh yeah, I, yeah, dude. I was super excited for it myself. Um, I, I I pulled up a couple of the tweets here. Several teams opting out, and uh, the Windy City Bulls have elected to not participate. And that's per Eric Montoya, um, of the Lakeshore Report. So uh, that's per him. And there's a couple other um, a couple other uh, verifications here on Twitter. But yeah, so I guess again, you know, we we thrown out some points, you know, things that we would like to see. Um, I'd like to see how Fad Young handles the second unit um, as a vet this year and being used the right way. I'm assuming he's going to get some decent minutes here this year. Um, I am a little bit worried. I think that we might see him moved at the deadline, honestly, because if Patrick Williams uh, shows to be something, I don't think we need a four big man rotation. I don't. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, do you think that we need four bigs in the ring? And what I, I know that Thad's not necessarily a big, but this isn't fucking 2K. Not everybody needs to get playing time. So I would have Gafford back up for sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'd have Gafford back up for sure, Wendell. And I'd have, you know, a, a platoon possibly. We'll see what happens with Patrick Williams, but Thad back up Lowry for right now. But, I mean, if it, if, it, if it comes to the point where Hutch is fighting for minutes and Patrick Williams is best suited at the four... I wonder what happens there. You know, I mean, obviously our season preview show will touch on a lot of this when we actually, when we're out of the preseason, but is that something that you're looking towards too? Like, you know, how this rotation is going to look? Yeah. I mean, obviously that's a big concern. If I'm Thaddeus Young, I'm probably counting down my days to getting traded. Um, his, his only real value to this team at this point is kind of his veteran presence. And I do think that is still a good player. Uh, I think what he did for this team last year was a little underrated. When he did get consistent minutes and played over 25 minutes a game, uh, we saw what we've seen from Thad for the entirety of his career. Um, When he would sit 15 minutes at a time and hit only 15 minutes a game, now he looked pretty rough (laughs) in some spots. But I, I don't know. I think this is a season where you want to be competitive, so maybe earlier in the season, Thad's getting a big bulk of minutes, building some, you know, trade value there. But outside of that, down the stretch, I, I, I don't expect Thad to make it past the trade deadline I, because you, you have to focus the development and figuring out what kind of contract you can or will give Lowry, seeing where Patrick Williams fits. So, no, Thad really, his fit here is a little suspect because – Hutch, we've seen him play the four a lot of times, too. Now, I don't want to, because we're going to do a huge season preview show. Obviously, this is, you know, episode one of season two, and we're going to keep doing these seasons until we can't do it anymore, unless we're dead, I would assume. But, um, as you know, we truly enjoy doing it. But I know it's preseason, man, but give me one fucking thing that you're looking at. One thing that, I mean, I, I don't necessarily think, Goose, that we're going to see we're going to see the, the starters unleashed to, you know, max effort. I don't think we're going to see that, but what are you looking for towards the most within these four games of preseason? What do you want to see happen? I want to see the validation of this movement that we're hearing about on the offensive end. Defensively, uh, you know, I'm expecting a more conservative approach to defense in general not being overly aggressive so i'm not too concerned there offensively i want to see the movement i want to see lowry getting touches that aren't just catch and shoot threes Um, i want to see more of 
Zach and Lowry in the pick and pop and the pick and roll. And the same thing with Kobe and Lowry. Because if you're going to have these predominantly one-way offensive players on the floor and you're not going to use them together to get the most out of them out of them on that end, uh, while they remain a liability on the other end, it's not worth having them on the floor together. So I want to see that scheme offensively as well as the rotation in terms of staggering. Last year we did not see Zach and Lowry get staggered nearly enough to the point where it, they were playing almost all their minutes together and they weren't being used properly. So I want to see the staggering and I want to see this glorious movement that we keep hearing about. Yeah, uh, so to kind of piggyback off your point, well, definitely want to see the offensive movement and I want to see... Because Billy's never come out like how, you know, they did last year, um, you know, with Jim and them. We want multiple ball handlers. But AK has come out and said that he wants multiple people that can bring the ball up the floor. So I want to see what his vision along with Billy's is, is to make a – to make someone initiate the offense. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how that looks play-by-play, play, um, you know, possession-by-possession. Possession. That's what I'm really looking forward to the most – also, selfishly, I, I'm a huge Mark and fucking Mark. I, I love Lowry, and I, I want to see him get back to his sophomore year. I want to see him get back to uh, 2018, 2019 um, Lowry Markinen. So I want to see what he does there as well. And then my third thing is kind of what I brought up in the beginning of the show. If we get to see some glimpses at least, I'd really like to see Zach Levine more off ball to see what he can do for others while being off ball and what he can actually do for himself. As I, uh, our, our buddy, our little brother, Josh J bull hoops, um, actually provided this stat to me. Cause you know, I'm not, I'm not as, uh, I'm a spring chicken like I used to be looking up stats constantly all the time. But Zach Levine actually shoots from the corner on a catch and shoot at 44%. That's pretty fucking elite. You know, that's a, that's a good percentage shoot from three off the catch catch and he's, shoot. He's going to give P.J. Tucker a run for his money. Right. So I just want I, I want to see him utilized by the numbers a little bit and, and see what they can do there. But that's uh, that's what I have to look forward to in this preseason game. Obviously, I don't know who's playing for Houston. I don't know what the Bulls are going to look like, man, but I'm fucking stoked. I can't wait to record Friday night after this game. Um, I might even fucking just fire up my Zoom, and I know you and I are in probably time dif- not We're not a time difference, but TV differences, but if I can just watch that with somebody here in this COVID world and uh, then record right after, that's my plan. Maybe have a couple people jump on with us and just watch the game. But that's all I got for right now, man. Uh, you got anything else before we lead it on out? Any any thoughts before we get into the first preseason game? And uh, or are we just are we gonna ride out here? I think we're just gonna ride out here. I mean, there's really not much left to be said until we get to see what gets put on the floor. Uh, it's it's all talk until there's action, and it's time to shut up and put out. Let's let's do this damn thing. Absolutely. Everybody, be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at ontapsportsnet, at bullsontap, following Goose at bullscripted, and following me at buzzontap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. So be sure to give us a five-star rating and review because that shit is cool and tough. And as you heard in the beginning of this podcast, we are now sponsored by Manscaped. So if you want to keep your balls fresh, go to manscaped.com. Type in on tap for the promo code, 20% off, free shipping, whole nine. Whatever you want to do with that, go ahead and do with that. 
We will be back Friday night after the Bulls play the Houston Rockets in the first preseason game of the 2020-2021 NBA season. Let's go Bulls.